Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Kutatana Podcast once again. I'm Josh Shumanoff. As always, welcome by the main of the hour, two sweet to be sour, future jiu-jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. We got a lot of stuff, lots of talk about this week. UC 282 to go over, Bells are 289, UC Bay at 66, as well as a lot of news. As always, we are brought to you by Rogue Energy. If you can 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. Let's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Fantastic product. They helped me get through the day, as always. However, um, if you're looking for something on the opposite spectrum, uh, Elixir may be for you. Elixir is currently one of the leading distributors of Delta 8, 9, and 10 products. The lab tested products include vapes, gummies, joints, and gels, among other things. Please check your local laws to ensure that you're in a state where Elixir can ship to you. For fans of the Court Sounds on a podcast, Elixir is on 10% off with the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. Been a big fan of Elixir even before our partnership, so... Go ahead and give them a, uh, a a look if you want to buy some. If you, hey, you know what? Go ahead and get some Delta 8 gummies for somebody for Christmas. Great gift. Fantastic gift. Uh, but, yeah, Rogue Energy, Andy Elixir, same code. Sound off for 10% off of each. Uh, UC 282 went down last Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, two light heavyweights in the main event. Uh, vacant title on the line. Man, it was, uh, of all the fights I've seen, it was one of them. Uh, Jan Vahovic. And Magomed Ankalaev fight to a draw, 48-47, for the cards. Um, it was not the most thrilling fight, as uh, Dana White noted in the press conference, which we'll talk about that eventful press conference in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, I thought it was actually, it was, it was entertaining. You know, Jan came out early, landed some big leg kicks, uh, had Ankalaev stumbling in round two. Ankalaev, though, got a talking to from his corner, came out in rounds four and five and dominated Jan. Personally, I thought he won the fight 48-46 of the 10-8 in round five. Angel, I know that on the night of, you thought that it was a, it was a draw, and that was fair. I know that most people disagree with that result um, and thought that Uncle I deserved the win. A couple of days after the fight, do you still feel the same way? I do. I do. I was I Look, I was unsatisfied with the fight, if I'm going to be honest with you, because, and I'll say this, Blahovich had... The game winning play in a way, you know, the leg kicks was unable to create that space to get him to land from the outside and maybe set up his punches and get him out of there. And then Uncle late in the fight, decided to do what he probably should have done from the start and take the guy down. And granted, he did it right. He, but that was only once he had been hurt and pressured to do it. If he would have done that from the start, he would have easily had this fight. He put himself in the position where the fight could have been drawn. That's why I'm perfectly fine with the fight being a draw because both guys failed to do what they probably should have done from the start in a way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the 10-8 came. You know, obviously, the first round, obviously, some controversy, right? You could have given it Uncle Ayab, which then would have given the win by one round. But look, we're talking about if, buts, and possibilities, and it being close and that. That's what I'm saying. I have no issue with the draw, because at the end of the I'll be honest, I wasn't satisfied with either performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that point. And there's people um, who had the fight scored for Blahovich, too, and that would have, I think that would have been an, a, the uh, result that wouldn't have made people happy either. Yeah. No, I mean, look. You know, after watching the fight back, I can say that, like, it was close. At the same time, though, I still think Uncle I deserved the win. 
Um, I rewatched this one as well as the Kome event. Uh, and since then, those are the only two fights I rewatched because both of them were their controversial decisions. I don't have an issue with the draw necessarily. I'm not too angry about it. I do think that Ankle deserved the nod. I thought it was one of those fights where I've always said you can have close fights, but you also have clear fights. I thought round one clearly Ankle Live. I also thought uh, rounds four and five clearly Ankle Live. Uh, two was clearly Yan. I thought three was closer, but after rewatch, I'd also give it to Yan. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it, it was a weird fight too. I think that's kind of the weird thing. It was one of those fights where people. It's always fresh in your mind and this, whenever a fighter ends a fight dominantly and it's a championship fight, people get angry about it. It's like whenever whenever Peter Yan uh, fought Aljamain and some people, granted they were the minority, but they were crying robbery because, oh, my God, Peter dominated the last two rounds, you know, but he lost the first three. You know what I mean? This is a case where Uncle I dominated the last two rounds, but the first three were relatively close. So I can see, you know, if you squint your eyes and you fucking, you know, you do this and that, I can see you <laughs> coming coming to a fucking conclusion that Jan won the fight. I would disagree massively, but I can get to it. But, hey, Angel, doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it does not fucking matter. I, I, I told you. I told you. It ended up padding out, I think, at the end. I feel yeah, like this was worked. one of the best results they could have got if, you know, if they if this fight never – if the title – wasn't even an option, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's pretty clear the UFC did not want either one of these guys fighting for a belt. Jan is not, I like Jan, I love the motherfucker. Hell of a run, Polish power all day. And the, the reality is, is that, like, at his age, it's probably his last real big crack at gold. He could work his way back, but it's not likely because he's almost 40. But the UFC did not want either of these guys as champion. They did this as a panic, like, oh shit, Yuri is going to be out for like a year, minimum. That's what I've heard. And shoulder injuries, never had one. They re- dude, shoulder injuries fuck up. Like you sh- fuck up your shoulder, it's fucked for the rest of your life to a certain extent. It's never gonna be the same. So they kind of elevated this fight to a title fight. And Glover didn't accept on short notice, and I get that. Now it's kind of like things are back to normal. <laughs> it's just it's kind of like things were that brief period where we knew that Yuri vacated, but this fight was not a title fight. Because now we got another title fight, boys. Uh, UFC 283 January in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Glover. Teixeira, the former champion, will be taking on Sweet Dreams, Jamal Hill, the Chicago native who's on a fucking hell of a run, man. First ever contender series fighter. Actually, second, let me rephrase. Second ever contender series fighter, because I believe Alex Perez also fought on, uh, he fought, uh, on the contender series and he also fought Davidson. But regardless, probably the best shot for contender uh, series fighter to actually win a belt, man. Uh, I'm, I gotta be honest with you, I am, it's controversial to make this fight, and, and it kind of, in a lot of people's eyes, it devalues the title. You know, it just kind of makes people feel like this uh, titles don't really matter. They're kind of just props. And to an extent, that's always been the case, but it's pretty clear now. Does All that being said, this fight's a banger. Angel, what are your thoughts on this one? I don't know. Look, I, I don't know if I like fully agree with that statement because Glover was going to fight for the title himself, you know? I mean, he was supposed to be originally on this card against... Yuri, and he's in the position he should be, you know, as former champ. You know, he, he I think he's well deserved as a spot, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any uh, issue with it. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think the belt's a prop right now. Obviously, I think because of the availability. But you know what direction you're going to go after this fight. You're going to give the title shot to Magomed Ankalaev after this. What Glover, Glover to share Jamal Hill have their next opponent lined up after this fight, which is mm-hmm. a scary thought because you already have one guy in front of you, and obviously you're not trying to look ahead. But you know what's ahead already. Yeah. You're not going to lie to yourself about that. The next guy in line is going to be Magomed Ankalaev. And then after that, depending when he comes back, Yuri Prozhaka. That's the other guy. You have your next three fights lined up already in yeah. your career. Yeah. You know? I don't think anybody's thought about that. But is that that's a fact. 
And granted, and, and if, it, uh, if for some reason one of those doesn't line up, you know Jan Blachowicz is waiting in the wing and Anthony Smith. Yeah. You know who's in line. Exactly. You know, there's a there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stuff. Obviously, as as a competitor and as a fighter, you know, you're not looking probably that far ahead. But in the back of the mind, you 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 know, you know, you're not gonna lie to yourself, right? You got to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that's interesting about this and something that not a whole lot of people are talking about is, uh, well, actually, two things really. Um, for one, I'm willing to bet, and we're not really gonna touch on the James Crown situation in this because there's not been any real news since then. Um. You guys got to remember, the card was set to be headlined by Brandon Moreno versus Davidson Figueroa. We don't know if Moreno switched camps. He actually did the exact opposite. He went and put a statement out on Instagram saying that, you know, justice will prevail, and he's posted pictures of himself in Krause. And we don't know if he's going to stay aligned with him, but in the event that something happens, it would be really nice for the to have a backup fight. You know what I mean? And this is that new fight. Secondly, you're saying that, like, UC has these three fights kind of planned out, and, and they kind of have them ready in line. And that's true. But here's the issue. Glover Teixeira has been talking about retirement for a year already. He said he wanted to retire. His plans were to retire in November, ideally. He was going to planning on beating Yuri and then fighting one more time just in Madison Square Garden, and that was going to be it. He's already on the verge of retirement. There's a very good chance that Glover Teixeira beats Jamal Hill and retires in his home country. And I Man. don't know why anybody's – I don't know why that's not being talked about. But look, you could also have the opposite. He could lose and retire. And retire. That's true. And, and Jamal Hill does have a, a good chance of beating Glover. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously, his, his grappling has always been a bit of an issue. Tiago Santos had a lot of success wrestling him. But see, but I, I still don't see the issues, Josh. I mean, the fights, but, the, yeah. the, the the fighters are still in line. Even if you if Glover is to retire, you have the next person available. Okay, who's the next person available? Mohamed Akalaev. Who's Akalaev going to fight? I mean, he better. No, but no, I'm saying who who is he going to fight? If if Glover wins the belt and retires, anybody, dude, Anthony Smith, throw him in there, throw somebody. It's not gonna matter. I mean, I to an extent, yeah, but I think it'd be kind of funny if you see just ended right back in the same position as they originally were. It could be. They could be. It's it's it's, it's entirely a possibility. Yeah. At the same time, you know, we don't know exactly how long. And look, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a, a a decent bit of period of time between after the fight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see what happens. But regardless, I am actually really excited for that fight. I think, like, of that Saturday's card ended on such a downer, which, you know, we'll talk also, about. Also, we don't know if Rockets will be available by that time next year, too. You got to think about Probably that. Probably well. not. I, his leg got really fucked up, man. I know that. I, I remember correctly. It was, like, his ACL, his MCL, and maybe even just meniscus. So he'll probably, he'll probably be out for over a year. Uh, I mean, maybe. Who knows? How long does Theo Santos out? Um, over a year. I think he's out for a year and a half. I mean, who knows? I mean, th- this happened in May. I mean, I-, I don't know. You can only hope, right? I- uh, so, we'll okay, see. He actually, okay, so he already hurt his leg in uh, three weeks prior to the fight in sparring, and he tore his, just his ACL. Oh, well, yeah, there were two. So, that could be a year. So, and that's the worst case scenario if it's a year. So, we'll see. And yeah, and he's not going to fight again, and for a, I mean, the title won't be defended again for a while. Yeah. So I'm telling you, there, there's time, and, and the division can still figure itself out. I mean, we're having uh, Ryan Spann fight uh, someone here soon. He's fighting Nikita Krylov, uh, and then you know, there's other guys who are coming. I mean, the division's still going to flow. I'm telling you, I don't think they're in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I see it both ways, you know. But um, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see on this one. But I mean, it, it is it is very unfortunate. Two of your top five guys are injured, you know. Yeah, like that is like the absolute shittiest situation. You literally remove that and leave three guys there, and then you need to go to the next two below that. Which ended up being Anthony Smith and Jamal Hill, but they're both available, and they're, you know, so. That's what I'm telling you. I, I don't think it's in a bad place. The matchmaking is there. It's just they need to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. And there's a whole lot of variables, um, so we obviously don't know what's going to happen yet, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. And the reality is that we're only a month away from this next title fight, so. We're exactly uh, a month away. It's not, yeah, it's not going to be long. But, anyways, um, I mentioned the card ended on a bit of a downer. Uh, obviously, main event ending in a fucking in a draw will do that to you, especially when it's a vacant title fight. Um, but also the co-main event, Patty Pimblett, Patty the Batty. We heard all about this week. Patty the Batty Angel, he's coming. He's he's the next Conor McGregor. He's 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 such a huge star, dude. Uh, Patty the Batty wins, defeats Jared Gordon. Unanimous decision, 29-28, 29-28. 29-28. The only issue is that he didn't fucking beat him. <laughs> it, it all sounds great until you realize virtually the entire planet outside of Chris Lee, Ron McCarthy, and Douglas Crosby, what a fucking winner that guy is. That guy is. We'll talk about him in a bit. Outside of that, every single person seemed to believe that Jared Gordon won that fight. And uh, if you look at MA decisions, all but one, all but one, Gave that fight to Gordon. If you look at fan score, it's the most lopsided result of the year. Only 7.4% of people on MMA decisions thought that he won. Uh, I'm normally pretty lenient when it comes to calling a fight a robbery. I, well, I, this is probably the first time I'm going to say this on the show, Angel. Directly after a fight. You know what I mean? That fight was a fucking robbery, man. <laughs> I'm not particularly that mad about it. Because the reality, the reality is, is that Jared and Gordon's stock still rose, and Patty Pimblett's stock still went down. You know what I mean? And, and UFC, it's less about wins and losses and more about how you look in the fight, which is always something I've loved about this sport. Um, but Patty Pimblett, dude, I mean, give me your thoughts. I mean, did you think it was a robbery? Can can you are you one of the people that can you know you squinted your eyes or maybe you had a couple <laughs> beers during the fight and you somehow like like you know Ron McCarthy came to the conclusion that Patty won? I mean. <laughs> I, I would love to watch this fight again without commentary because there's some people who I, I was going on Twitter and there was a lot more people than you would think, Josh, that actually thought there was a case for Patty. There's a few channels that I watched on YouTube, too, who are like, it's not that out of the realm of possibility. But granted, we're, we're we are like you're saying, we're kind of adding the squinting, the looking at it sideways. You know, it wasn't it, it wasn't a clear Patty decision. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going to make that very clear. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're having to make a case and an argument for it to be a patty win. So if with my wording there, it doesn't make it any clearer of what the thought is, then I don't know what else you want me to say. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, feel like that's a, I feel like that's a pretty well way to construct it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, like I said, I've always tried to be pretty lenient when it comes to, um, not calling a fight a robbery. I feel like I feel like I've done. I feel like I try to always be fair because there are fights where, like, look, dude, like people cried robbery, but it was Sean O'Malley versus yeah. you know against Peter Yan. But at the same time, we thought that he actually deserved that win, and now over time, people have come back the other direction where it's like, oh yeah, that wasn't a robbery. You're right. You know what I mean? 
but I don't see an avenue in which I'm going to be able to. And I just rewatched the fight, dude. I rewatched the fight, and I feel even strongly, more strongly about it now than I did then. Also, but, the fight itself didn't do it any favors as far as how it played out. You no, know, the fight kind of sucked. Yeah, how some of the action went. Yeah, yeah, it kind of it kind of sucked. I mean, um, but look, there's also a topic we need to bring up that I feel like no one's bringing up: the injury. You know, he did fight hurt. Yeah. He fought, he fought hurt. We don't know at what point the injury happened or when it happened. I think he said in the second round, he was like, dude, God bless. He fucking put me up against the cage. He's like, I got a fucking breather. Yeah. But we don't know how much that actually affected him, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, we could only make assumptions, right? Is this the best Patty performance we got at him at his 100%? Or we like, with the, with the condition was he in or would he, or could he have given us a better performance if he didn't get injured or what would it, or how much of a difference would have been made? You know, we'll never know, right? But as far as looking forward, I feel like we need to put this performance and the next performance together to make kind of an opinion looking forward, right? Mm-hmm. You, 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 you know, he, this might have just been a bad night. This could have been an off night, right? Mm-hmm. But, I will, but I hear a lot of people already kind of, you know, exiting and leaving his potential train. You know, they're already like, well... It's like, well, he lacks here, he lacks here. It's like, dude, we already knew these things. You're just yeah, mentioning, and you're kind of, you're mentioning him I, now when he's fa- when he's lost. Yeah, and you know what's funny about that is we're not even – you know, if you're listening to the show and you listen to the show like consistently, you know how me and Angel feel about Patty. We like his personality, and he's, like, fun for the sport, but, like, we've kind of done the opposite. We've we've been like, hey, guys, let's pump the brakes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and a lot of people are kind of, you know, turning on him. And that's, I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of, kind of, that's kind of shitty, you know? Now, granted, he didn't do himself any favors. He said that he dominated the fight, which was, <laughs> it's funny, death. yes. It's a tone little funny. And then the Ariel Hawani beef, which was just. There's, there's, he's just, but he's, he's, he's doing headlines, right? That's the thing. Yeah, he's making headlines, you know, which is good. But. How, how, how easy to be, it's, he made it seem like he was going to take a big break. Or at least a, a sizable break. Which is kind of weird, because, like. He had been very active. He had been very active, but maybe that's what he needs, man. Maybe he needs to go and get his head right. Maybe he needs to step back and just do nothing but train because at this point, it's all – it's killers from here. You know what I mean? Even – I don't think he beat Jerry Gordon. You know what I mean? But, hey, you have to win on your record, and shit, dude. Like, ratings haven't come out. I mean, I'll be, I, weirder things have happened. Maybe they slide Patty. No, you know what I mean? no fucking way. Dude. You don't think so? You don't think there's a chance? Dude, there's guys like – Think about the crazy shit they've done with the rankings over the years. Dude, Josh, they have to be fucking brain dead to do that. Because there's guys like uh, Dracar Close who are not ranked, Garam who's not ranked, Diego Fajaya who got who exited the rankings recently, Joel Alvarez who lost one fight and just exited the rankings, who just got a fight booked, Dago Moises who was in the rankings not too long ago. You know, like that doesn't seem like a realistic thing. So but here's look, the thing: it's like I, I agree with you. I agree <laughs> with the point on merit, but I'm saying that I could still see the UC doing that. Look, I mean, they're going to push Tony out. Do you really think they push Tony out of the rankings? If anything, they keep Tony in the rankings to make fights. I could, you know what? I actually expect them to keep Tony in the rankings so Patty can fight Tony next. Well, look, and we, we were talking about this a little bit in the green room as far as like matchmaking. I said they should give him another guy just outside of the 15. It was a very tough fight. I think he should get the winner of Bobby Green and, uh, oh my God, I've just been Drew Dober. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's, that's a, a logical it's, it's, step forward. It's it's a it's a hard fight, but it's a fight. It's it's a it, you have to beat either one of those guys if you want to be in the top fifteen, because the best yeah. guys have beat those guys. Yeah, you know. 
So well, and here's the thing: is also is like let's he could also fight Terrence McKinney after you know depending on how his fight goes, you know. I mean, I mean, he could. Uh, I don't, they can throw him a vet like Jim Miller, who's unranked, but is a tough fight. I, I thought about it too, but I, I just don't think they need to go that direction. I feel like they really need to to get a. I feel like Bobby Green and Drew Dober is like the best, like uh, the guys who really push him. And if he gets that win, it's like, dude, Bobby Green's fucking legit. Drew Dober's fucking legit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, those guys have been. You know, I, I don't. Well, Bobby Green. Eh, probably at some point, Bobby Green's been ranked, right? Oh yeah, Bobby Green's been ranked as recently as like a year ago. Yeah, yeah. As I say, yeah, he was ranked not too long ago. So it's like, I I think those guys are the right fights. Mm-hmm. Either yeah, either one and, of those. Yeah, and and there's there's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see the path that they actually do take. That's what's his, gonna be interesting. His his next fight will be very indicative of what they think of him. Correct. Will they give him a you know? Will they, will they go out and give him a uh, a Tony? Well, they give him even somebody like McGregor push push uh you know had just a big cash out fight. I feel or, like he's I feel like he's one more like kind of decent name went away from a McGregor fight. You know what I mean? That's what I'm telling you. Bobby Green yeah. or fucking Drew Dober, Comain or whatever, and then bam, bro, he I'll just beat this person. They're just outside of the rankings, whatever. Or like you said, he gets Tony, and then bam, he beats Tony. Boom, strange McGregor fight. Let's cash it out, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. And, I, you know, I think it's probably about time to move on because we spent a long, a long time talking about Patty specifically. But one last thing I want to go ahead and add. I mean, um, but it just goes to show his, yeah. his stardom, like we've been talking about. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there everything is, everything we brought up is why we're even even now we're still mentioning it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, you know, we'll, we'll, hey, man, we'll see. We'll see. One last thing I do want to add is just, like, this kid has got to – he's got to step it up. So at a certain point, I do have questions about the fact that, like, you are 27. You've been fighting for 10 years now. If you're not showing the improvement at this stage to where you have to get a gifted decision to be Jared Gordon, who I like but is not ranked and has lost to virtually most of the top fighters that he's faced, I do have questions on how far you're going to go on the sport. Massive fucking questions, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's, all, that's the last thing I want to say on, on Patty. And uh, I do really do question his development and if he really will get better because everybody's just like, oh, he just needs time. It's like, dude, the time is now. He's been there. You know what I mean? It's been he's he's been at that point for a while. So we'll see what happens. But um, also on the main card, UFC 282, dude, this fight was a banger. And we knew that going in that it was going to be a banger, but it ended up being even better than expected. Uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio and Alex Morono, 180, a catchweight. These two put on a show, man. God damn. Morono goes out there. And to be fair, Ponce had his moments, but he was winning that fight, rocked him multiple times, dropped him. Looks like he was on his way to getting a finish. Ponce and Emilio, out of nowhere. Straight up out of nowhere. I thought the fight was over, man. Two minutes, 29 seconds, round three. Gets the knockout win. And that is a win that Ponce and Emilio need badly, man. 36 years old. Lost two in a row via split. He's had a rough. He's had a lot of rough outings since missing three years of his career due to Many injuries, illnesses, but he gets a big one, man. What do you think about it? Like you said, he needed it. He needed it, and look, it was going to look it to be very rough if he lost that fight because it was all it was going to be Alex Moreno coming in on what? Not even a week's notice. Yeah, I think roughly a week. Yeah, I think roughly you're call Monday. It's less than a week. Yeah, yeah, less of a week. And it looked like he was riding a victory. He was looking great. He did gas right. Obviously, no no camp. And Ponzinibbio actually did have a camp, so. We'll see that played some of a fa- uh, somewhat of a factor, 
And like you said, he was down. Third round comes in, he gets that sick late finish. And I, I had him, you know, I had it written off, man. I had, I had written the script that it was done. I was like, nice. I, we, we, me and Josh called it. We're fucking geniuses. We said Alex Moreno was going to come in on short notice and beat Ponzinibbio. What a fucking play call by us. We were wrong. We weren't far from that reality. But I don't think Moreno loses any slack. And for Santiago Ponzinibbio, great situation, right? I think in a way, it almost worked. Obviously, for Moreno, it didn't fully work out. But in a way, it kind of did and didn't for, for both guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, both these guys' uh, stock honestly rose. And that's the best case scenario. I was shocked they did not win fight of the night. Um, we'll talk about the fight they did in a second, but wait, what? What fight did win fight of the night? Uh, Drikis Duplices versus Darren Till. I, I kind of get it, but damn that fuck. Now I, it's all cool because Pond's got a bonus, and I'm sure Verona probably got a little bit extra. Well, everybody, everybody who got a finish got a bonus that night. Yeah, correct. Fifty G's, baby. Yeah. Does Moicano want money, Josh? <laughs> Holy shit, Moicano versus Patty. That's I can't believe we didn't throw his name out there. Dude, I heard so I, I was listening to someone say that and they're like, dude, Moicano would fucking murder Patty. He would murder him, but hey, you know, like Hey, that's I mean it's a fight they could do. Yeah. Possibility down the line. Because that'd be a fun matchup. Yeah. Um but you know, re- regardless. Uh yeah, fun fight, but uh I think it's your Friday the night over Trikis Duplices versus Darren Till, which we'll get into right now. I mean that fight it's Drikus Duplessé. Drikus Duplessé. From South Africa. Duplessé. Um, yeah, man. Uh, going to this one, I thought it was going to be a pretty lopsided win for Drikus. Uh, it was not, actually. He had a lopsided first round. Did Darren Till comes out, dude? And I was like, holy shit. Drikus was gas bad in round two. Darren Till comes from behind. It looks like he's he might actually pull it out. In a round Somehow. Three. <laughs> in round three, Drikus gets a takedown, gets a sub, and that's it. Darren Till loses again. And not only that, he thinks he tore his ACL again. I don't know if it's been confirmed, but he said it in the cage afterwards. Dude, I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you say at this point? I mean, it, with Drinkus, it's kind of expected. This is, this is a logical step forward. For him. We're not surprised. But for Darren, I mean, what do you, what do you say at this point? What, what's your reaction to this loss? It's sad, right? Because you, you wonder, is this the end? Because it's it seems like injury after injury after injury, right? And on top of that, we know he's capable of performing because he gave. I mean, we, we talked about it right before Josh, before we started the show about kind of his career at 185 and how obviously he hasn't won all the fights, but he there, there's a reality and, and there's and there's a world where he actually wins. He he could have won all his fights, you know. Uh, obviously, he beat Calvin. Uh, the Robert Whitaker fight and the Roberts run to the title again was one of his closer fights. His Jerry Cannonier fight, he was looking, it was, it was this Derek Brunson fight, right? I mean, he was looking again good in and, until he got caught or he hurt himself. I don't remember exactly what it was. But, but it hurts because he's really getting fucking, he's getting, uh, to put, to put it, for, to put it for, to put it in uh, words for the modern age, he's getting cocked, man. <laughs> I mean, it's it's sad. Uh, I I really wonder what he decides to do, right? Because it is possible to come back from this. He could take a whole year off, you know, say something. Fuck, I'm taking a whole year off, uh, probably over a year, right? Because he'll yeah. probably take all, he'll probably take the all of next year off, and then some of it leading into next year, 
and just focus on themselves, focus on rehabbing, focus on training, coming back healthy, and sticking to fight, maybe an unranked fighter. And hopefully, who knows, finding some sort of success. I, I just, the talent is there. The body's just not allowing him anymore, it seems like, Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the body's not allowing it, and even even in these fights, just there's always something that holds him back. You know what I mean? He just because he's had, and this is what we said. We, we said this in the green room, but like there's a, a reality not too far from ours where Darren Till is undefeated at middleweight. That sounds crazy to people, but look back look back at his losses. You know what I mean? He went ahead and he beat Kelvin in his debut. That was a split decision, but with anybody with eyes, that was a clear win for him. Um, he goes out there, and I believe he lost to Whittaker. That was a razor close fight. I, I encourage people to rewatch that one and also check out the MMA decisions if you don't believe me. That was a super, super close fight. Some people had him winning that fight. I can't even disagree with that. At the time, I wasn't sure whenever they were going into the decision. In fact, if you look at it, there are just as many people on MMA decisions who had Till winning it that Whittaker did. Um, shit, and then obviously the Brunson fight, he went out there hurt, still rocked Brunson in the third round, nearly finished him. Then the wrestling again. And then this one, he goes out there, he had his moments, but he gets caught in the third with a takedown and loses. You know what I mean? Um, Just a shame. It's just a shame. And it, it sucks. And he's going to take some time off, and I think that they need to take it slow with him at this point because he's had so many injuries and so many close fights where things have just gone wrong, where I think at this point, give him a tune-up. They gave somebody else a tune-up on this card who's another younger guy, granted different situations, a middleweight, who we'll talk about in a bit, but they need to give these guys tune-ups every once in a while. I know this is not boxing, but, like, do you do you want all of your fighters to, like, do you, does this really need to be this brutal? I mean, like, it doesn't. You know what I mean? It's just it's dumb business uh, decisions, honestly. But, um, look, man, yeah, having for Drikas, though, at least, at least I mean, solid win for him. Keeps on moving up, but it was expected. Yeah. I mean, he's making his mark, though, right? We kind of expected that. But at the same time, though, Josh, there is that gas tank. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, is there any guy at 85, not even Paulo, who carries a big muscle mass and Vertoli gas like that? Mm-hmm. You know, those guys are good, though. I mean, those guys have fought, uh, well, I don't know, Paulo. Has Paulo fought five rounds? Was the Yoel fight five rounds? Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. Well, regardless, a lot of the guys near the top have fought five rounds and performed very well in five rounds. I don't think Drikas can go five rounds. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a, So he's going to have to sort something out, get rid of some muscle or work on some conditioning or something. I don't know how he's going to do it. But right now, if you're like, hey, we need you on short notice to fight a five-round main event, he would not last. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be bad news for him if he had to take a five-rounder. I mean, I don't see that going well uh, without I mean, any massive changes. I mean, I mean, he's going to struggle in his five-rounder regardless. I mean, Yeah, and he needs to have some massive today. changes. He really does. He needs some big changes. Who, who do you want to see him fight next, by the way? I mean, he, he he's, he's, he's now ranked. He's, you know, he's a new name. He's a new face. So he needs to fight, an, I'm, in my opinion, an older face. I heard someone say Roman Delice, which I'm like, that would be fun. But I wanted to see him fight someone who's already been in this division and established and see if he can get him out of the ring. Not out of the rankings, but take the ranking spot. Um, I think Hermanson just lost. And you mentioned Didelize. I think that makes sense. Hermanson versus uh, Drikas. I know they just lost, but, like, that'd be a solid test one. Then again, I I don't know. I think that would make sense as, like, a fight night main event, maybe in the Apex. Five rounds. Hermanson's going to be a guy that's going to test. 
find out how good he really is. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens with him next. Um, personally, I think the biggest guy to come out, like the biggest star to come out of this card, if I had to pick one guy. There's like two guys, let's be honest. There's a, there's, there's a couple of huge performances, but if I had to pick the like, top one, Ilya Teporia. Jesus Christ. Um, you know, people were talking about him fighting Patty. Uh, if they make that fight, he might literally fucking kill him. Um, uh, cause Ilya Teporia <laughs> beats the dog shit out of Bryce Mitchell. No other way to phrase it. He beats the dog shit out of Bryce Mitchell in the opening fight on the main card. Uh, submits him in the second round, but it was really just, um, a formality at that point. He battered him. He, Bryce Mitchell looked like he went through a wood chipper. Um, it looked like he had another drill incident. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he ends up getting a second round sub, but dude, give me your thoughts on him. He's about as dominant as he can get, and it was just, it was supremely impressive. I've been on this train for a while, man. Ever since I got caught uh, on on him and, and, and entering in the UFC, I was like, this guy is going to be a fucking problem. And it was we're going to this fight, Josh. I picked him. You didn't. And I was like, dude, he could really hurt Bryce Mitchell. And he fucking did. <laughs> I, yeah, didn't expe- yeah. I didn't expect it to be the way it did. But he really hurt Bryce. I mean, there is that picture on Instagram, Josh. I don't know if you've seen it of Bryce Mitchell where he's just covered in blood in his face and it's just dripping off. And he, had, and he just has these eyes just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I've like, seen that one. Yeah, and it's it's a very it's, it's a little scary, man. And it was just like, damn, that just happened. Yeah, you I, saw somebody fucking get close to death. I mean, I I not literally, but like, dude, that that's probably the worst beating I've seen somebody take in a while. I mean, in a while, yeah, in a while, yeah, you're like, especially right. in a two round, dude. That fight didn't even go two full rounds. That fight went eight minutes, and it looked like he was a horror movie victim. <laughs> you're not wrong. Dude looked like he's squared up with Jason for five rounds. That's all I'm saying. Like, he looked brutalized. I, I hope they give Ilya the push, man. They, I, I think he deserves it. I hope they give him a top five guy. No, and I think he does deserve it. I mean, if you look at, like, that division, who else, who, who like, who's harder than him right now? Brendan Allen. He just doesn't have, like, the finishness, maybe the flashiness. Wait, who'd you say? Arnold Allen. I said Brendan Allen. Oh, Arnold okay. Allen. Okay, yeah, Arnold Allen. Yeah, I mean... I could see that. I could see that. Uh, shit, that'd be a banger. Could you imagine? Well, right now, if he slot him in, he'll be ranked uh, nine. He'd be going from fourteen to nine. Uh, above him would be Gilga, Calvin Cater, Korean Zombies out, Joshua Emmett, Arnold Allen, Brian Ortega, Yagi Rodriguez. I think they should make Calvin Cater. That would make sense. That'd and or Brian fight. Ortega. Honestly, dude, the fight I would really want to see at some point though. He's Jair Rodriguez versus Ilya Teporia. Jesus, yeah. That's like, dude, that's, that, sound, that sounds like violence at its finest right there. That does. And he called out, you mentioned one of the guys, he did call out Brian Ortega. He called out T-City, which that's a fucking tough fight for T-City. <laughs> that is. That's that's brutal. That is brutal. Um, You know, we'll see, we'll see what happens with him yeah. next, but the reality is that there is. He's scary, man. He's undefeated. Yeah. We saw him stop multiple takedowns out of a guy who... Who has some really good top control and is really fucking strong. And it was non-existent. He kept it on defeat and fucked him up. He did. He really fucked him up. And, uh, you know, I mean, the reality is, is that at this point, I mean, he's the hottest he thing. Feels, there are certain right now. guys that feel like inevitable. And I thought that, that for a long time with like Uncle Ive, for example, and certain guys come up where just like, they feel like no matter what happens, they're they're gonna make it to the big show one these days. Like not just the big show because that's how people refer to like the UFC. But like he's gonna make it to the title shot. And he's probably gonna win the title. Teporia feels like inevitable at that point. Are you on the same page? 
I mean, that's that's what I was saying. I mean, he is gonna be there, you know. Yeah, true, true. But um, yeah, man. I mean, that's as far as the main card goes. That's all there is to talk about. But as far as the rest of the card goes, uh, what were some of the uh, what are some fights you're looking to talk about, man? What what fights were you, what fighters were you most impressed by? I mean, we just gotta go one down, man. We gotta talk about the most hyped person on this card who is not ranked and who's not above the age of twenty. Uh, Raul Rosas Jr., man, he fucking did it. Uh, yeah. which we, we probably, ex- we expect him to do, we just didn't know how, how it was going to go, right? I thought it, and Josh, his, his contender series fight was much harder than this fight. Correct, yeah. I mean, no disrespect to Jay Perrin, but it, it really was. Like, you, I don't know if you've ever seen this contender series fight. I've watched it twice yeah. now. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't even, I mean, he went to distance, I think, for the first time he's in that fight. And in this one, he had kept it in the first round, left with no damage, and he's ready to go back and uh, run it back again early next year. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's he's talking a big game. He's talking a big You know, that, that's how it is, though. I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, he's talking a lot of shit. Well, dude, he's a fucking fighter. He needs to be confident. It's not like he, you know, he's not going to be like, well, if I fought Al Jermaine, I guess I'd have some trouble here. You know, he needs to, he needs to be confident in his own game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a big part of fighting, you know? Yeah, here's the way I look at it. You guys were 18 once, right? Like, whenever you're 18, you you're probably talking feel, shit. You feel like confident, unless you're like, well, I don't know about confident, but you feel like indestructible as an 18 year old male. It just, it's a weird sensation. Can't explain it. You're not really aware of your own mortality yet. Now imagine that, but you're in the UFC and you're beating at grown men. <laughs> just, just, I mean, there is that ego. You though, feel right? like you were, you're unstoppable. You know. So I get it, and I think that people are like, oh, he's too, you know, he's too confident, too cocky. Like, he needs to be. Fuck yeah, man. What do you think was going to happen? Like, come on. Um, but he, need, he needs to be, though. He needs to do it. He can't be a quiet guy. Yeah. Now, as impressed as I am by this kid, I do want to see him fight like an actual, you know. Well, he's a builder, fight. Josh. Like, if yeah, he does. No, 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 no. I'm not saying he needs to fight fucking Aljamain next. I'm just saying, like. No, Josh, like, fuck that. Older. Throw it. Put him against Peter Yon right fucking meow. I'm looking forward to see him being tested. That's all I'm saying. Is I want to who, see him be tested. Who, who would you like to see him fight next? I was thinking Brandon Davis. That's a very good test. That's a that's a great matchup right there. He's lost his last two. He's two and seven in UFC, and he has a fourteen and ten record. He has a lot of experience. He's a grown man. What else do you want out of the guy? Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. I like that a lot. But. Um, Josh no like, guarantee. Fuck, yeah, Josh honestly, like, I could, fuck, I could see Josh him like, fuck that. Put, put him in there with Cub Swanson. No, I could see him getting a, I could see him getting another can though. No offense to Jay Perrin, but like another, like like another borderline going to be out of the UFC, like another one of those guys like, next, like Mar- like a Marcelo Rojo. Oh yeah, that, that might actually happen next. Yeah, I mean, I don't see I, as much as I like the Brendan Allen fight. I really do think they're going to take it supremely so with this kid because, like, dude. As impressive as I am by him, if he goes in there and gets beat up, like, really badly, like, and that's a very real possibility. Like, you don't want to be taking life-changing beatings at 18. So, I think they probably should take it a bit. Well, they'll, they'll be smart. I think they'll actually be smart. Unless, for some reason, Josh, he's just that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless they give him some guy who's... Who did this? I, I, can't, I can't think of someone at 135 who's, like, outside of the top 15 who's... 
I, I can't think of anybody, but let's say someone just outside the top 15 who's very good and he has this other performance. He's kind of like, well, maybe he hmm. is that guy, which is very unlikely, but he's young, man. I mean, he has, he has, I mean, he wants to be the youngest UFC champ. He's 18 right now. Jones became champ at 23, I think like 23, nine months. I mean, yes, fucking a long time. Like mm-hmm. there's no hurry, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he has time, but, um, as far as the other card, uh, the fights on the undercard, what are some other, uh, good performances we're going to talk about? As you talk about Image of Ozzy, man, we got to talk about the fact that he switched camps, which I had talked about how, I don't know if I had talked about on the podcast about how I wasn't a fan of the camp he was with previously and how I thought that could have been affecting his fights. And uh now he's with a new camp. He went over to – I forgot where he went. It wasn't the MMA lab. It was uh, it was a camp in Vegas, isn't it? I can't I can't think of it off the top again. Is it uh, Extreme Tour? It, it might be. I don't I know. No Regardless, he's with a new camp, and you saw, you saw it, it. Yeah, he's with Extreme Couture. Oh, look at that. My fucking brain is massive. But look, at you know, the results speak for himself, man. He had a stellar performance. And he's back on track, I think. Or he should be getting back on track to where he was at before. And when it came to his losses, man, they were the tough guys. You know, they weren't – he wasn't losing to the fucking, uh, you know, just out of the UFC 0-2 or 0-3 in the UFC record you guys. You know, he's losing to guys who were really fucking good. I mean, he lost to who? Like, Brendan Allen? Dude, he he lost to the biggest killers you can lose to. He, didn't always, he lost to Derek Brunson. Jack Hermanson and Nasser Dinovov. All of those guys are ranked in the top ten or and, five at one point. And it's worth noting that all those fights were pretty close until like, um, like Edmund. I believe Edmund won the first round in every single one of those fights, but he just ended up gassing out and getting fucked up later on. Yeah, so I mean, Edmund Shavazin's ceiling is still very high. Yeah, and here's the thing to put it in perspective: like Edmund is 25 now. He's 25 now, dude. Like he's, he's he was like 24, 23 was, when those fights happened. He was 23 years old fighting Derek Brunson in a main event. That's fucking crazy. So that was a, that was a Brunson run too, wasn't it? That was a blonde Brunson run. So that was yeah. a fucking you know savage right there. So well, there you there you go. Yeah, I mean the kid's gonna be he's he's on the right track, and I think they're hopefully gonna take it uh, slow with him. Um, I mean the, the camp switch was such a good idea though. He needed it. I mean Josh, you know how much I don't. Well, we're not gonna get into it. Yeah, yeah well, we won't get into it. But regardless, um, yeah, man, I think that uh, Evan Chabazin's still his ceiling is still extremely high. And dude, just a great performance. I understand that uh, Dolce, um, I'm not even gonna try and pronounce his name. I, I, I butchered it last week. I know, but anyway, so, is it Dutch Umbungula? It could be. Okay, I'm not seeing. Close it, enough I... for me. Uh, yeah, I know that he's another guy that was on a losing streak. Um, and I guess that some people are like, oh, you know, he only beat Dolce. It's not a big, you know, it's not a huge deal. But like, dude. Um, it's more about the way that he won this fight. He was not headhunting. He was not going out there trying for an early finish. He was smart. He was calculated. He got the fight in the second round. He did not look gassed like how he did previously in his other, you know, outings. He was just calm, cool, and collected, and he went out there and he fucked him up and, you know, when he had the, when he had the, uh, the opening, he seized on it and got the knockout win. So, incredible performance by him. And it showed a lot of, he showed a lot of development, I thought, even in that, that small fight. But, uh, yeah, high ceiling for him. Um, also on the prelims, dude, this is a, this is a stacked card up until the, the main and co-main. Nothing but finishes. Um, Yorzino Rosenstrike in the first round win over Chris Dawkins. Dude, Chris Dawkins, I don't even know what you do with, do with him at this point. Um, 
just it, it's honestly kind of sad. It's one of those, it's kind of one of those sad things. But I he's think talking about two five. Yeah, he's talking about two five, which makes sense. I think he needs a reset badly. He really needs a reset. That's what I'd say. I just, but, um, I don't I don't know how he'll be at two five, man. I mean, it could be good. I mean, but he's be some good guys that. Uh, at heavyweight, though, I mean, we're talking about Shamil Olenek. I mean, Olenek could be tough for some guys, right? On on the right night, in the right circumstances. I don't giving a lot of you know specifications there. And uh, uh, Rodrigo non too. I mean, he's another good guy. I mean, you just got to mm-hmm. win over Tanner Bozer, a split decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. He's being some good guys. And the thing about Chris Dawkins is there's clearly a lot of talent there, but I feel like they keep on – I don't want to say keep on giving him bad matchups because, like, you know, the Arzino one should have been reasonably competitive, but it wasn't. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens with him because the reality is that he's uh, he's taking a lot of damage, man. Two, and, 205, 205 could be a good thing, though, because he – look, he, he's a guy who has, a, from what I know, a decently good level of jiu-jitsu, too. His hands aren't bad. We know that at 205, with those skill sets and abilities, maybe he can do you know do a little bit more there because a heavyweight taking guys down, keeping them down, going for takedowns, it gets tiring, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it might be a good uh good change of pace. How much did, how much did he weigh in for this fight? I mean, he weighed in at 242. Yeah, he's and I'm sure you're. How much did Yarzinho weigh? Let's look real quick. I'm actually really curious. Yarzinho weighed in at 261. I mean, he's giving up almost. Not exactly 20 pounds, but, you know, a decent bit there, you know? Yeah. And at, especially, yeah. At the, especially at the top, the guy's cut 265, you know? Correct, yeah. We were talking about Ngannou Sorogon. I mean, Sorogon comes in at, what, 240? He's one of the lighter guys. 245, I think. I don't know. I know he doesn't weigh – he never hits the limit, but a lot of the guys at the top do hit the limit. Yeah, correct. Um, As far as other fights on the card – uh, Chris Curtis getting a huge knockout over Walking Buck. What do you think about that one? I'm not surprised, man. I thought if, if I had to pick someone for this fight, I would have picked Chris Curtis. I think Chris Curtis is one of those guys who is established in this division. I mean, he's one of those guys who came in hot, had a nice little win streak in the regional scene. Uh, obviously, had competed outside in some other big promotions. And Joaquin Buckley, obviously, we I think he's one of those guys who is not ranked, but if you watch the sport enough, you know who Joaquin Buckley probably is. And it's not even just from the highlight of his one KO, right? Because I don't even think his whole career is just that one KO. I mean, he's had plenty of sick performances after that and been in fun fights and sadly has been on the other end of the spectrum where he's been the one getting finished. And again, here he did. And he's an interesting personality, man. I heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast and he had a fascinating story. I mean, he is someone who I think future-wise has a lot of offer to the sport, especially now that it seems like, because re- I believe he decided to renegotiate his contract. Uh, Joaquin's not going to be deciding to go back back to 170 because he had actually fought at 170 before coming to the UFC. They wanted to make this, they wanted one more fight at 185 for some reason instead of just letting him fight at 170. So, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, the UFC doesn't make logical decisions all the time. No, yeah, but I mean, look, this is Joaquin's last fight at 185, so be it, right? Shitty ending, right? Obviously, for Chris Curtis, a nice win. But 
I think they're off walking book. He still has a lot to offer. And obviously Chris Curtis, I feel like Chris Curtis, we already know he has a lot of, we know his potential at 185. The is very high. It's just whether or not he reaches it or not. And he's looking pretty damn good. I mean, he only has, well, one loss in there. And it's, it's the fucking Jack Romanson went on short notice. Jack Romanson went on short notice. Yeah. Correct. Outside of that, he's what, like five and one in the UFC? Somebody crazy like that? Uh, I think he just makes it now four and one. But four and yeah. One? I mean, regardless, he's had an incredible run, and he's really – we knew his fight was going to be a banger going in. It was, and it was such an impressive finish by him. I mean, and we know that uh, Buckley's a little bit small at the weight class, but, dude, still, just to go out there and Chris Curtis just up and smashes him, supremely impressed by that. Like, hell of a win. Um, and he does have quite a high ceiling, especially at 185. Like, I know that people don't really think about it, but, like, dude, like, this is a striker's weight class. And Chris Curtis is one of the best strikers in the division. I understand they get a rough night of the office against Jack Hermanson. And um, that was also short notice, though, so got to remember that. So um, definitely interested to see in what he does next. Um, as far as the rest of the card goes, Billy Q picked up a winner by Alexander Hernandez. Very, very impressive. Uh, TJ Brown defeating Eric Silva. Yeah, man, and, and you mentioned it. Every single person on this card – Got a bonus. So that was, uh, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. But, uh, there was other fights this weekend that we do gotta go ahead and talk about, man. Cause Belcher 289 went down on Friday night for the Heat and Sun Arena in Connecticut. And we knew going in. Hoofing on Stotts and Danny Sabatello. These two got a lot of beef. And, um, yeah, man, in the shit. end, I talked a lot of shit. In the end, it's Hoofing on Stotts defeating Danny Sabatello. Via split decision, 48-47, for Danny Sabatella. That was uh, Douglas Crosby. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, what a fucking winner that guy is. Uh, that motherfucker turns in the worst scorecard of all time, arguably, and then flies his ass to Las Vegas and proceeds to hand in an even worse fucking, arguably even fucking worse scorecard by scoring Patty Pimble defeating Actually, I don't think that's worse than Sabatello 5045. 50-45 was pretty bad, Josh. It's the, worst, it's the worst. It's the worst. I take that back. But it was still a really that, bad I, I think that's the worst scorecard I've ever seen in a fight. It's it's either that or um, – you know what? No, no, no. I take it back because I was about to say – Josh, you gave every round of one guy. You gave every round of one, one guy. I was going to say another another really bad one was I know that Chris Lee scored um, RDA – Versus Paul Felder, forty-eight, forty-seven for Felder. But at least, oh yeah, I that, remember that. <laughs> at least that fight had competitive rounds. Yes, yes. Like Danny, this fight was competitive, but to give him all five, you have to be fucking. You have did, to not be watching the fight. That's literally you, the only. Did, did you see my tweet right afterwards? What'd you tweet? I think I tweeted whoever whoever scored at fifty forty-five should be publicly publicly executed. I didn't see that. No, yeah, I think I tweeted. Well, that I can't out. call for. Crosby's public execution, but I mean, I mean, I, yeah. I I fucking did, dude. I thought it was insane. It was, it's just what a fucking disaster. I mean, Jesus Christ. I, I did. If you guys didn't, don't follow me on Twitter, which you should. Die, Josh Evanoff. Um, I I did uh, do like a long thread on uh, on Douglas Crosby and his his best moments. The guy's a fucking clown, and I don't know why we still have him around here. But um, yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on the win? I thought Hoovian Stotts uh, one three two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't like a Sabatello one if win if they gave it to him, but I could see, you know, he's squinting your eyes, maybe give him an, an extra round for the for the mm-hmm. uh, forty eight forty seven. But I mean, what are your thoughts, man? No, I mean I'm gonna say both. I I really do think I'm not gonna lie to you. Sabatello impressed me. 
he really pissed this fight away, though. You know what I mean? Like, he could have yeah. won this fight. This, I, I honestly think this could have been Sabatello's fight to win. But this should have been Sabatello's fight to win in a way. Because yeah. he had positions where if he scored, he would have won the fight. But mm-hmm. he decided to wrestle. Which, look, you can wrestle, but on top of that, you have to be advancing position, attacking submissions, causing mm-hmm. some sort of damage, dropping some elbows. And a lot of times he was just in these kind of stall positions and he wasn't even throwing any sort of punches. And Stotts was the one throwing elbows from behind. I think he even cut him from, I think he even cut him at one point with an elbow from behind. Yeah. And, and, and was causing more damage than what Tomatello was doing, which is essentially holding him. I mean, I, I was actually, I was like, I, I actually was like, man, if you just did a little bit more, you would be advancing. Yeah. And they, and, and no one would even question it. You would have had, you would have been right. You were, the, look, and I'll tell you this, he went on the Hawaii show and I, and I'll say he was the better wrestler. He really was. Yeah, yeah. But he wasn't the better fighter. No. Fuck, that's a great quote right there. <laughs> that is a good quote. Dang. He was, he was the better wrestler, but he was not the better fighter in there. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's crazy to me that like, he could have, but the potential's there, right? I mean, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. let's not, uh, let's, look, let's look at the potential positive. He has a very high ceiling now. It's just, yes. yeah. going forward, cause the damage. Get, get some submissions, attack some, it, the submissions didn't even have to be deep, Josh. You yeah. know? I mean, it, 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 he just had to put himself in positions where he could submit or could create damage, and he didn't. Yeah, um, and he really, he really pissed it away, man. And, the, and like, he was very, very, very close to that. I mean, he was, he was doing the better work, man, for the most part. And, but just, when he caught the fight to the ground, he would get a big takedown and be like, all right, I'm gonna sit here and throw nothing. Like, but, just, but, but credit, but credit to Sots too, man, because he was doing his yeah, best. No, of he was, course, of course, he was doing as much damage as he could on the feet, and then when he got on the ground, he stayed active, and that's really what won him the fight. Correct. And I don't want to make it seem like it was a bad performance by Sabatello because he did. He got the first part of the game plan down: get the fight to the ground. He just couldn't execute on the second part, which was doing anything with the position. Could not do anything really on the mat. So. And plus, that, um, get him out of there, man. Right? Like, yeah. You, you know, you want to. You, you imagine if he would have got him out of there. All that shit talk, dominating him on the ground, and getting the fucking finish. That would have been a sick storyline. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, we definitely haven't seen the end of the end of him. And we, they'll definitely this fight. I mean, they're definitely gonna cross paths again. Oh, for sure, dude. Come on. Yeah, it's gonna I mean, happen. it's gonna happen. You know. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, as far as that, I mean. I think we laid it out as good as you could, Josh. I mean, is there any other way you could put it? I mean, I think we mentioned. No, I think I think we hit everything, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, all in all, I mean, just it was it was a it was a solid night for Bellator because we also got to go ahead and talk about uh, the co-main event, a couple of other fights on this card, but the co-main event, dude, Liz Carmouche. You know, there were a lot of questions, and my questions, I mean, that first the stoppage in the first fight uh, with Juliana Velasquez was terrible. But, dude, this time around, she's like, fuck, I'm not leaving in the hands of the referee. She goes out there, and she dominates Juliana Velasquez at 4 chain. Gets a submission in round two. Excellent, excellent uh, win for her. What are your thoughts on uh, Gorilla getting the win? Uh, well, what I'm going to say is this is what good active wrestling could get you. Fuck yeah. That's a, that's okay. a good, hey, that's a good way to put it. This is what good active wrestling could get you and get you a fucking win and a submission. I mean, she did it. And she said, I will say this. She was still trying to defend. The stoppage in the last fight? No. 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 The fight shouldn't have been stopped. I'm sorry. But, look, it ended up giving you this opportunity where you won. And you got the finish. So good for you. Yeah. 
So keep doing your thing. Obviously for for Juliana Velasquez, I mean, I was a little disappointed, man. I I was left wanting more after having a pretty, I'd say, fun competitive fight, some good performances, and uh, and looking pretty good in that loose Carmouche fight up until in those later rounds. But hey, man, it is how it is. Just brush it off, come back, and maybe they'll they'll have the trilogy at some point. Yeah, and that's that's a possibility somewhere down the line. But yeah, man, I'm honestly I'm happy for Liz Carmouche. That, that's that's all I gotta say about this one is that I was not shocked to see her win it, because what I mentioned last week is even though I picked Juliana Velasquez, it's just like people take way too much stock in fights that aren't finished yet. Like take way too much stock, and they're assuming that like just because it played out one way, it's gonna play out the same way. Like with Nemkov and Anderson. Like I said at the time, even for the second fight, I'm like this is pretty much fifty fifty. This one I picked uh, Velasquez Limbo. So like hey. Could easily go the other way. You don't know. Like, don't just assume someone's going to win based off of how one fight that didn't even get completed go. So for Liz Carmouche, somebody who got cut from the UFC way prematurely, got really fucked over. I'm not sure if you guys have heard that story. Uh, she's a former military member. She was out doing uh, work for the UFC, and she had just signed a new contract. She was meeting with military members doing promotional work for the UFC, and they called her telling her she was fired and that she was released after she had just signed a deal, too. So... And for her to come into Bellator, put on the current run that she's having, five fights in a row, and to get this win where it's like there was so much controversy last time out, she did nothing, puts a fucking stamp on it, I'm happy for her, man. But, dude, another big performance on this card, dude. Holy shit. Patchy Mix. God damn, is this kid good, man. And by kid, I mean he's 29 years old. He's a grown man, but still, I mean, he, he goes out there. He upsets Koji Horiguchi last time out. He goes out here now and defeats Magomed Magomedov via submission. Jesus Christ. What a win by him. He's undeniable, right? He's undeniable. And now he will face Rufion Stotts. And that's, I mean, Jesus, that's going to be a fun fight. But what are your thoughts on Patrick Mix's win, man? I know that wasn't a fight we previewed, but. It's incredible, man. Incredible. I mean, beautiful performance. I mean, he, he did what he's good at. He was missing one of his coaches. I believe he's missing Jake Shields because Jake Shields was having a kid, I believe. Mm-hmm. Birth of a child. I could be wrong here. Uh, it was it was some family matter. It was something some important life event. So he wasn't able to be there. But regardless, I mean, Patchy Mix is a real fucking deal, man. I mean, he – I will never doubt him again. I didn't pick uh, – because I did do some bets on – I was going to do some bets. And I remember I was looking at that fight, and I was like, fuck, man. Do I go Magomed Magomed or do I go Patchy Mix? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't bet on it because I just wasn't sure on it. I was like, I don't feel safe picking either one. You know, mm-hmm. either guy could win. Man, did he shut me up, man. Patchy Mix was the only choice that I could have made. <laughs> right? He looked damn good, man. A submission win over Magomed Magomed. I mean, that is I, – I just didn't – I didn't see the fight playing out at all like that. And he – uh I mean, his team praised him. His his rule, Tatiana Suarez. I didn't know they were together. Now I do. I don't like know it. that either. Yeah. My chances are over, Josh. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, they uh, clearly his team. I mean, they're building up great. Obviously, she apparently helped them a lot during this camp and has been like a very big part of his success. Apparently, he's credited her a lot too. So that's nice to see, man. Uh, it's nice to see fighters have uh, not just credit their coaches. And they're, you know, the work they put in the gym, but also their love. When it obviously when you, when the person you're, you're with your partner also does, you know, has the same career, it's very easy to relate with them. So I'm sure as a fighter, especially, especially the lifestyle of a fighter, man, and the way it is and how hard it is, 
I mean, there no athlete suffers more, I think, Josh, than a fighter. Mm-hmm. Not, I and I, I mean, it's just the truth, you know. Like, and and that's not to discredit the kids from, you know, who 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 live in a small town and and a and you know ex country and and leave their family to move to a different country to play soccer for a big time club or something like that and they abandon them to to take an opportunity or some of these or some uh you know or uh, a kid moving states to take an opportunity at a, at a big time college who comes from the hood or whatever mm-hmm. i mean obviously they all come from different different difficulties but there is there's is no athlete who goes through what a fighter goes through Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I completely agree with you. Um, and dude, just for him to, I gotta say, man, I was never expecting this current run, and I like Patchy Mix, and I, I enjoyed him a lot. Whenever he first debuted in Bellator, he picked up a couple wins, and we knew that he had, uh, you know, a couple wins of our good use future UFC guys on the regional scene. But he came in, he lost to Archuleta, and then he uh, he missed weight pretty badly against Gallagher. Granted, he beat him, but I wasn't super impressed by that win, but. These last two, Horiguchi, Magomedov, supremely, supremely impressive. Just hell of a win uh, by him. And now we see the finals. Him against Stotts, which is probably my most anticipated fight right now, straight up. Like, for, of every single fight that's out there right now, it's Stotts mix. I never would have expected to say that, but that's where I'm at right now. Um, I mean, it just goes to show me on the level of a fighter, not just in the UC, but also out of the UFC, right? Correct. In fact, Bell, yeah, Bellator's bantamweight division is probably—it's it's right up there with the UFCs. It is, yeah. I mean, you can insert those top five guys, and they could be ranked guys of the UFC as well. Mm-hmm. Or probably are. You know, let's, let's not deny. It. I mean, Magomed literally has a win over Peter Yan. Peter Yan was champion in the UFC. You know, so mm-hmm. there you go. And that guy just lost to Apache Mix. Obviously, different fight styles, different matchups, right? But still, you know. The skill yeah. set and the level of talent is still still there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, man. Um, as far as the rest of the card goes, there were some um, some other great performances. But which ones are you most looking forward to talking about? I mean, Josh, it was it was a night of upsets. I think, oh yeah. I think almost every because what is it? Red corner is a favorite corner. Yep. I think. I think like what is it like? It's a one, two, three, four, five, like six, seven blue corners one, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Eight? I don't know. It was a lot. But uh, obviously, I mentioned Dalton Rosta on the pre-show. He had a killer performance uh, against Anthony Adams. He looked good. Obviously, he always comes in in great shape. Uh, what else? I'm trying to think of another fight that I watched, too. Uh, one that was heartbreaking, Josh, that you probably saw, Pat Downey. Versus Christian Eccles. Uh, fuck, man, that was rough. He, he killed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he killed Pat Downey on live television, and nobody did a damn thing. <laughs> no, no one, no one tried to stop it. Can you believe it, Josh? <laughs> yeah, no, but for real, he, he, he. I mean, Jesus Christ, he beat him so, so brutally. I mean, and and from the get go too, I was like. Not looking good because he kept on. Pat was just going out there. He got some takedowns early, and he just like he uh, neither locked up a couple of submissions, but like, dude, he gassed insanely quickly after he did not get his initial submission, and then he just I you saw our, our boy Christian Equals 
going out there and telegraphing the uppercut from a mile away. <laughs> it's just, but he still landed it multiple times. And Motherfucker, uh, he, he got it, though. That's all that matters. It's all that mattered, man. I mean, Jesus. But, um, yeah, I mean, it really was a night of upsets, man. I mean, if you look at some of the guys that lost, I know that uh, Kyle Crushmore is a big favorite. He lost. Cody Law is a favorite. He lost. Uh, Denise Keelholtz, another favorite, also lost. Um, really, the only person that lived up to the high was like a huge favorite was probably Dalton Rosa. I mean, maybe Kai Kamaka, but he wasn't a huge favorite. Um, yeah, so yeah, man, just a night of upsets. And dude, like all around, this this weekend of MMA, like, this is going to be the last weekend of the year where there's like multiple shows going on at once. And goddamn, did it live up to the high, man. Just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Dollar 289 was a lot of fun, as was the OC 282. Um, but yeah, man, that's all we got to recap for last week. However, we do have a card this week. The you last have, UFC event of the year, Josh. Last UFC event of the year. And, uh, it's a stacked one, boys. UC Vegas 66 going down from the UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, middleweights. Middleweight contenders Jared Cannonier, Sean Strickland, both trying to work their way back to a title shot. Jared has been out of action since his loss to Adesanya in July. And Strickland has been out of action since get, at, getting absolutely brutalized by Alex Pajaya in July as well. Same card, funnily enough. Uh, what do you think about this one, man? Uh, very interesting fight. Very different fighters. Uh, Strickland is obviously, we know how uh, he's very much a pressure guy. He's always moving forward. Jaron Kanier, very kind of a slower dude, but also he has so much knockout power, it doesn't really matter. What do you think about this fight, man? I'm excited, man. Like you said, it's pressure versus the guy who has just fucking cannons in his fist, right? Uh, for Sean Strickland, though, dude, it seems like he didn't fight that long ago. How long has it been? This is uh, they thing. both fought in July on the same card. Ooh, so I guess it really wasn't. I mean, they didn't have the same amount of time, except one got knocked out and the other did it. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just how it goes, though, right? Yeah. I mean, look, I just... Don't think Sean Strickland walking him down and landing the shots he lands is going to work against Jerry Cannonier, Josh. I think Jerry Cannonier is going to nuke Sean Strickland. Yeah, he might do that. <laughs> I think he's going to catch him on a counter, yeah. Josh. I think he's going to counter him. Or not even just that. He might just land some fucking bombs on Sean Strickland and get him out of there. And if he ends up in any top position, he's going to rain hellfire from above. Yeah, I completely agree. Um I can I can agree that that's very possible, but I'm gonna. Oh my God, Josh! Gonna do oh, it, Angel. I'm oh making my... I'm making the call. Josh, I'm making fucked, the call. He's, and I, he's, I, I, hey, I'm Josh, gambling. he's fucked you once, Josh. He's fucked I, me I, once. He's, hey, he's fucked me once, but also I, I I've called him, winning a couple of fights as well. You know. Josh, um, so have I? Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call it, man. I'm gonna pick Sean Strickland to win. I am. You know, I can't wait if if you are wrong. For the second time, if you pick him again, I'll be like, he's fucked you once. It would be twice. Hilarious. Honestly, it, dude, for for the entertainment the, value of the show, it would be way funnier if he does. But I'll have a great, you know, and it'll set me up for the greatest quote. Dude, I'll be like, Josh, he's fucked you once. He's fucked you twice. He might fuck you thrice if you pick him again. He might fuck me thrice. That's absolutely true. He might fuck me I like how we're not even we're not even agreeing. We're not even like disagreeing with like the fight. I'm like I'm picking strong truth, but he's gonna fuck me again. He might. Oh, he you might. Be right. And then, and then he'll fuck me a third time. <laughs> Whatever fight he takes on next, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is. He's gonna end up fucking me. I don't know. We'll see. We never know what could happen, right? No, no, no. I mean, it. it hey, you know, it can happen. <laughs> 
But, um, yeah, man. Uh, God, dude, Jerry Kenny's about to turn 39 next year. I can't believe that. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Anyways, man, I am going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to pick Sean Strickland. I know that's probably the wrong decision. I just think his pressure, if he keeps his fucking hands up, he he can he can actually generally in his career, if he watched Sean Strickland, with the exception of Aspahea, which he was never going to win that fight on the feet, he's actually very very good at fighting strikers, but he's putting them on the back foot. If he puts them on the back foot, he has a very good chance to win. And that's what I expect him to do. I think he's going to use his pressure. I think he's actually going to probably mix in, not probably not wrestling, but he'll get in some clinch situations. And Jared Kennedy, if there's one kind of knock on that guy, it's that, like, A, he does not deal with pressure well. And, B, he does not deal with, like, kind of longer, ranger, like, rangier strikers. And he also does not have a great gas tank. We've seen him go five rounds twice. And he did all right in the latter rounds against Kelvin Gastelum, who's gone through the ringer lately. Uh, but then against Adesanya, he pretty cleanly lost the championship rounds because he got pretty pretty clear the guys gassed out. So it's um, all good, Josh. We won't see championship rounds in this fight. Oh, there's there's very good possibility. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and take that. <laughs> I'm gonna I just love how you're not even disagreeing. I'm not even denying it. But uh, you know what? <laughs> fuck it, man. Yolo. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and. Oh fuck you! We should publicly execute you for saying that. <laughs> no, Angel. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. You know. Oh uh, my. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm gonna take Sean. I'm gonna take Sean Strickland, who actually, Angel. If you feel so fucking strongly about it, you should bet on uh, Jared Kennedy. I mean, he is he is plus. I might. You know something? I fucking will, Josh. Go for it. I'll bet five hundred dollars. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet five hundred dollars on any fight involving either one of these guys. You've already seen me bet three hundred, Josh. What's gonna stop me? That's true. But anyways, yeah. So as far as the rest of the card goes, man, um, this this card got some. Some bangers, dude. Uh, Armand Sarukian and Demir Azamagulov in the lightweight uh, co-main feature. Uh, both these guys are rising contenders. And this is what I've said about the lightweight division. There's a fucking reckoning coming, man. And, like, a lot of these older vets, Tony's already feeling it. But, like, Connor, I think Gaethje, Poirier, Chandler, Oliveira, they're going to feel some of these fucking heaters coming up. And both of these guys are are that good to just – I think, like, right now, you can put either one of these guys against, like, a top-five guy – I think they both be Gaethje, Poirier, like multiple dudes. So, uh, yeah. But regardless, what do you think about uh, this fight, man? I think like this one could easily be the main event. But um, I was thinking yeah, the same not, thing. Yeah, it's a very good fight though. though. Very good yeah. fight. No, I thought I thought that was a good top uh, a topic to bring up at some point. But it was like I feel like me and Josh are both on that same wavelength. I think you and you are. Yeah. But if, as far as the fight itself, I mean, I, I've been high on both these guys for a while now. Ever since I got eye of Demir, I said Saryukin's been a guy we've obviously mentioned and, and we love. And he's probably one – I'd probably say he's probably one of our favorite fighters to watch at 155, mm-hmm. like in the rankings. Like that we're like, dude, this guy is just must-watch TV. And, yeah. uh, I mean, it doesn't change this weekend, man. I think he's going to come out here and have a hell of a performance again. I think Demir's going to struggle in the scrambles against Saryukin. He's not going to be able to take Saryukin down, I think, at all, maybe. Or if he does, he's going to have trouble keeping him down on the ground. I think Saryukin's going to be a lot quicker on the feet. His, I think his gas tank's better. I feel like he has multiple advantages over Demir. I feel like I've seen Demir gas in the past, and if he does against Saryukin, it's not going to be a good night for him. Because GG, yeah. We've, we've seen Saryukin's gas tank. That kid is relentless, you know? If he gets on that leg or anything, or he can catch you on anything, he'll keep you down. He grab a hold of you. He'll fight for it. And uh, no, he, this kid's a killer. 
I think Demir's in for a rude awakening, actually. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page. I fully expect him to go out there and uh, defeat Demir's and Magulov. Now, Demir is another guy that I can I can see like you know I, I would can say the winning this fight, but yeah, I, uh, you know. uh-huh. Go ahead, go ahead. I, 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 was, I would say, I would, the, rec, the record looks really nice, Josh, but he has had some performances that make me question him a little bit. Correct, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I could be misremembering them a little bit because, obviously, UC23 one looks nice, but some of those fights have been kind of close. He's kind of had some struggles, if I remember right. So that's what I'm saying. I feel like don't be surprised if Armand comes out here and fucking obliterates them. Mm-hmm. I know I was speaking very. No, no, no. Dude, dude, you're talking to you're, you're talking to Armand Sarukian's number one favorite fucking guy right here. Like I, I, I thought Leon, I thought you were Leon Edwards' husband. <laughs> uh, you know Leon's my boy. Like, but oh God, you're like you're Le- Josh. You're a Leon side piece, but you're uh, Armand's main piece. <laughs> yeah, uh, you didn't want to say it. <laughs> no, I mean I can't say what I was gonna say. Say it off, there, just, please. Don't forget it, please. Don't forget it. I really want to know. I just sent you in the chat what I was going to originally say, but I realized I can't say that. But <laughs> that Armand, Armand is my boy, honestly. He really is. He's he's my brother. That's all I got to say. Um, but yeah, man, I love Armand Shariga. I've been on Armand Shariga since his debut, and I saw him fight Islam, and I was like, oh, Jesus. Like, this kid's like 23, and he's doing this. But uh, yeah, I expect him to be a future champion. I think uh, he should have beaten Gamrat. Not even should have. I thought he did beat Gamrat. Uh, but regardless, I think he's going to win here as well. I think this kid has uh, an unlimited ceiling, essentially. I think, I think like, he's going to be, like, he's so fucking good. And I think it's only a matter of time before we see him fighting for a title. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, uh, there's a couple of uh, really good fights on here. Which ones are you most anticipating? Oh, man. Amir al man, I've been waiting to see this guy fight for the longest time. I think he's had multiple fights canceled. I don't know if he's pulled out of some of them as well. But he had been scheduled to fight Alex Perez, Brandon Rovell, which were both like extremely intriguing matchups to me. Uh, obviously, he had Tim Elliott at one point, Ode Osborne. None of those ended up happening. He fought Francis, Francisco Figueiredo, but I knew that wasn't the level of fighter he needed to be fighting. He needed to be fighting a guy like Alex Perez or Brandon Rovell, which sadly he's not going to get. They got Alessandro Costa, who had fought on the Contender Series, but I don't believe he earned a contract, and they brought him in on short notice to fight him. I can only imagine Amir's about to have a hell of a performance again. The Prince, as he's known. Uh, he's like one of the guys at 125 who I'm super high on who could potentially be chasing that title soon or fighting for the title. I mean, he is, uh, he impressed me. I, I, I think I mentioned it before. It was that Connor card. It was that Zalagaz Zumagulov fight that just, I was like, I'm set on it. And obviously he had a great debut against Malcolm Gordon. He got him in a beautiful triangle choke and. Obviously, beautiful record coming up through the through through the regional scene, and only lost to one shorty Tories, who for some reason isn't signed to a major, major organization. I will be, I will continuously mention that to Josh off air. Mm. Why is the shorty Tories in the UFC or in whatever X fucking? Yeah, we talk about it quite a bit, honestly. <laughs> it's it's really bizarre. Like of all the guys, like him, like you're not gonna. He's the guy you're not gonna sign. It's kind of weird, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that and that applies to all promotions. Like I'm. Fucking shocked that someone like someone like the PFL haven't picked him up. You know what I mean? But does the PFL even have a 125 division? Uh, nobody. Pretty sure he's fought a 135 too. Oh well, I guess there you go. But even then, like one FC. Yeah, like, he'd be perfect there, dude. He'd be fucking perfect there. So it's um, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's 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 kind of weird. But uh, look, 
man. We'll have to see what happens there. I mean, like, like you kind of redirecting the conversation back to Amir Albizi. Yeah, dude is legit. And I think it's only a matter of time before he's fighting for the title. Like, he, he's another one of the, I don't say he's inevitable, so to speak. Like, I mentioned, like, in the same conversation with, like, Ilya Taboria. But, like, he's not God far from damn, it. is he good. Like, he's not far from it. Like, he's one of the, and especially considering, like, the fact that he's only 29. Like, he's just now hitting his prime. Like, like dude is going to be a problem. You know, and like you mentioned, only losses to Jose Shorty Torres, who like, I mean, I, you know, dude's legit. Like he, he very well should be signed to a major promotion. It's almost embarrassing that he's not. He's that fucking good. Got cut from the UFC after going one and one, and he beat, um, he beat our boy, who's now the one champion, like one uh, flyweight champion, not flyweight. I think it's like strawweight, men's strawweight champion. I can't remember his name. Jared Brooks. Yeah. Beat him. So, um, legit. Surprised not signed, but yeah, I mean, Albazi, super excited for his return. Um, dude. <clears throat> fight of the night, and I, I feel pretty confident saying this. And that's, there's like, actually, I don't feel pretty confident saying this. This is, a, this is a contender fight of the night. There's actually a couple of really good shots on this card, but, uh, Alex Caceres, Julian Arosa. Dude, this is like a match that, like, I would have never thought of, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be so much fun, man. I mean, Alex Caceres is in the middle of that kind of second career renaissance for him. I understand that he did, he did just lose to Sadiq Yusuf in March, but prior to that, he won like six fights in a row, which nobody expected. Julian Arosa, Juicy J, another guy who's on a run that nobody <laughs> expected. Six of his last seven. Uh, so, yeah, man, I mean, super high for that one. Drew Dover, Bobby Green, like you mentioned. The Winner of that should probably fight Patty Fimblet. You know? You said it. So there's storylines uh, galore on this card. What are some other ones you're looking forward to? Uh, Cheyenne Vilmes, man. She kind of – she built a little bit of hype, but then she kind of, like, went silent on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously she is very marketable, right? Uh, <laughs> but she she got that uh, beautiful win over uh, Gloria DePaula. Like on what was it wasn't on I don't remember if it was on short or not. Uh, and then she fought Mallory Martin. And then after that, we haven't seen her for almost a, we haven't seen her for a whole year since then, mm-hmm. which was crazy to me because I was like, man, she had this hype and kind of build up a little bit of uh, I don't know some interest. And she, I mean, we're seeing her now at the end of the year against. A very tough opponent, Corey McKenna. Corey McKenna mm. is one tough chick. Uh, she is one of the, I'd say, one of the better prospects in this division. Mm. Uh, it's a hard fight for Cheyenne Vilmes. Corey McKenna is young. She's 23. I think she also has the shortest reach out of the whole UFC roster. Mm. I think that was, I think, that, I believe that's the stat. I could be incorrect. We might have to, it's 58 and a half. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, because Cheyenne has 63, so I don't know if anybody has below 58, but there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Matthews, Matt Smelsberger is pretty much bound to end in a finish. Oh, jeez, yeah. And this is a weird one to me, Josh. Uh, 185. Julia Marquez, Deron Wynn. Holy fuck. It kind of makes sense, though, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. It's just, it's just looking at them. It's funny, you know. It's funny looking. I'll say, I'll put it like that. Is it, is, is it because he's so short? Yes, it is. Hey, <laughs> short kings, man. Much, hey, much short, short kings. Kings. Shout out, Don. But yeah, man. I mean, it's gonna be a fun fight, you know. Um, it's one of those ones that, like, like you mentioned, doesn't really make much sense on paper. But then, like, when you kind of like when you first announce, it's like, huh, it's kind of odd. But it's like, hey, Marquez has lost. Like what? I know that he lost his last fight. He's lost. He's two and two in his last four. Duran wins one and three in his last four. But then you look at the fighters that they fought. It's like, oh, they've only fought killers. Okay, that makes sense. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean the fact that Duran wins even in the UFC is pretty crazy to me. 
And I don't mean that in like a negative way. It's just like the guy's 5'6", fighting at 185. And I'm pretty sure he's missed weight before, too. So, so um, goofy, right? Like, this guy should be fighting at, I think even, 155 should be his weight class at best, right? I mean, he's a big, stocky guy, so I think probably 170 would probably be better for him. But, um, yeah, it's kind of weird. And I remember, dude, I'm not, I don't know if you were, like, paying it. I don't, this would have been, like, 2017, 2018. There was a lot of hype for Durant win at one point. Like, there was a lot of hype. Um, because he was co- he was like DC's prodigy, and he like wrestled at 185, if I remember correctly, and he was a fucking killer. So there was a lot of hype for him. And, Shit, that's uh, wrestling though. That ain't MMA. Exactly. No, 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 I agree. But like he had all the tools, and this whenever AKA was like at its peak, and like if you look at his first five fights, I think it was like all knockouts inside of like two minutes or something, like in LFA, Bellator, and uh, since coming to UFC, man, he's just he's been unable to kind of put it together. So we'll see what he can do here. Um, to be a fun fight though, regardless of what happens. Um, in terms of other fights on the card, uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov making his return. That should be a lot of fun. He's coming off that win over Douglas Silva de Andrade, which is a banger. Um, Hoffa Garcia is going to be back. But the big one for me, Manel Cape buried on the undercard um, against David Drovak. That's going to be a banger. That's going to be a lot of fun. Very excited for that one. And I'm also a little bit confused as to why it's so low on the card, but regardless, I'm excited for it. That is weird because those are literally, like, top ten guys. Top ten guys, and they're both. Um, I know. I think actually, Dovrak is coming off a loss to Mateus Nikolaou, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, I mean, really for his part, Manel K is coming off a like fucking two massive wins in a row. Yeah. He was so supposed to fight. Weird. He was supposed to fight, but his opponent missed weight. Yeah, I believe, or yeah. some botch weight cut type of situation. Yeah, something like that. I, I do have was, a fight was, on here yeah. that breaks my heart, Josh. That What's I love. Up? Brian Battle versus Renat Froktadov. Dude, I love both these guys. I hate that this fight's happening. It's kind of throwing me off that they matched up these guys. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense, but I'm kind of like, okay. But damn, that's a hard fight for Brian Battle. And because we're not still fucking joke, dude. He has a lot of experience. He has 22 fights under his belt. Obviously, he's only fought once in the UFC, and he had a and he fought uh our boy Andreas Michaelitis, Michaelitis, the fucking Greek guy who fought yeah. Alex Bahia. Yeah. Hey, nearly beat Alex Bay. I want <laughs> Yeah, right. He was close to rocking up that. Hey, that's all I'm saying. He had the back in round one. He was locked up the RNC. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Anything's possible, right? Yeah, what a, what a world to live in. <laughs> but no, this, this is a solid card to end the year off. Maybe not the most names, but I feel like a lot of these people are going to perform very well on this card. And it could be, I feel like it's going to be another heavy finish night. I agree. I expect a lot of finishers, but um, yeah, man, I think that's what we got. I think we went pretty in-depth on that card. Um, yeah, I think it's about time to go ahead and head to news and uh, close out the show. Not close out the show, because we, we have a lot of, not a whole lot of topics, but like these will take us a bit, but uh, Conor McGregor, we have not talked about it. Um, and we've not talked about him in a while, because he's obviously out of his out of the pool and yada, yada, yada. Dana White, in an interview with ESPN, stated that the likely fight for him to return is Michael Chandler. I think that's the uh, the fight to make, and I'm honestly surprised that he's making it. But uh, what are your thoughts on that uh, that announcement, man? That's epic, man. I mean, I think it's the fight that makes the most sense right now. If he's not going to fight RDA at 170, at 155, Michael Chandler is the option. Or just fighting Michael Chandler in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it is it is the fight to make, and I'm I'm really like I said I'm surprised that UFC actually is going to do it, or at least seems like they're going to do it because it seems like a lot of the time UFC recently they'll have like a layup 
Like, they'll have, like, an automatic, like, all right, this is going to be pretty fucking cool. Like, both people, like, people, both people want it, both fighters want it. And for whatever reason, it just not, does not get made. Yeah. This is one of the situations where Connors showed interest in it, Chandler showed interest in it, the fans would want it. I'm surprised UC's actually doing it. That's all I'm going to say, because they don't really, they have not done that lately. But for that, and, pre- and previewing that is going to be so much fun, Josh. Oh my god, dude, the hype, the build up. Well, it's not even just that. I just have so many thoughts on the fight and how it can play out. No, I agree. I agree. It's going to be... That preview is going to be really yeah. fun. If they, if they fun. end up making it. If they do end up making it. If they don't, well, shit. What can I say? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But regardless, man, I'm I'm psyched for that one. Um, But also, in terms of uh, news, this one's a little bit sad, but Nick Diaz <laughs> uh, did an interview, I believe, with Fansided. I may be wrong on that. I apologize if I'm getting it wrong. But regardless... Uh, is this what I think it is? Nick Diaz announced a middleweight return for 2023, and he, he said that the man he wants the most is Israel Adesanya. So, Angel, who do you think Nick Diaz should actually fight when he comes back next year? God, not Israel Adesanya. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I almost want to say RDA, but I don't know. I mean, we saw how Robbie went, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would have said if Robbie went better, I feel like RDA would actually be a great, fun matchup. That's the issue, though. Who can you really pick? I mean, I feel like he needs to be fighting guys like Jim Miller, you know, Joe Lozon, uh, Clay Guida, Tony. Yeah, I guess Tony makes sense, yeah. Guys like that. Maybe maybe even Masvidal. Why not? Fuck it. You know, because that'll sell. At least it'll sell. You know, at least he'll reap the benefits from it, you know. Exactly. The Mazda one is actually one I've said that they should have made whenever Nick first came back. So that would have been peak, peak hype. That would have been Mazda probably like at his peak of star power. And we hadn't seen Nick in a long time. Now that we know that Nick's kind of like, like we know where he's at in his career. And it's like, he's good enough to compete with guys like Lawler who are other Wash legends, but he'd probably get fucked up by anybody in the top 15. I don't know if you can do that next, but like, it'd still be fun though, you know? So, I mean, I will, I'm. I gotta be honest. With you, I'm still surprised they haven't. Nobody's discussed doing Conor versus Nick Diaz. I understand that, like Nick, maybe not. Maybe would maybe would not want that fight because, like, you know, they have that weird thing where it's like, oh, you know, that's his fight. You know, like, they've said that about other guys in the past. Still a little bit surprised because I think that would make a lot of money. And like, I don't want to say it's winnable for Nick, but like, dude, he'd be so massive compared to Conor. So I mean. I mean, Connor's looking juicy right now, Josh. That's true, but even then, it's, I mean, Nick's a legit, like, a legit middleweight. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. At the, I mean, at the moment, yeah. Yeah, Connor's a, would be like, he's, Connor's a fat welterweight, so, I mean, it, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Welterweight. Come on, Josh, he's shredded. He, he's, he, he's, he's doing a dirty bulk, man. Come on, he's, 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 he's got, he, he needs Josh, to stop cultivating mass, and he needs to start harvesting. Josh, he's, he's, he's following the nine ancestral tenants. <laughs> yeah, fucking D-ball and fucking <laughs> Decca, Shred. <laughs> yeah, he's on. He's falling the nine, the nine tenants, all right. But yeah, man. I mean, look, dude. A lot of people complain about a possible Nick Diaz return. I'm actually down for it, just because it's like, look, dude. He's at that part in his career where like he's in a better headspace. He's not in bad shape. Like people really overdramatize how that fight with Lawler went. They really do, in my opinion. Like people made it out like, oh my god, he looked like horrific in there like Nick, <laughs> yeah. Nick won round one 
had a case for winning round two, got caught in round three, and was like, all right, that no oh, moss. Yeah. You know, like it happens. So, like, do we think that Brian Barberina should retire because he fucking had a competitive fight with Robbie Lawler too? Like, shit, maybe. No, but anyways, yeah, I mean, uh, staying kind of in the welterweight slash middleweight division, the welterweight champion, Leon Edwards, my boy, um, supposed to fight uh, Kamar Usman in March. That was the, that was the deal. Obviously, that was not confirmed yet, but ever since the fight happened, the rematch in August, they've said March, 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 stadium show, Cardiff probably. Well, uh, that may not happen. According to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who is in the welterweight division himself, coming off a huge win, uh, he kind of let the cat out of the bag in an interview where he said, you know, kind of revealed, like, you know, Kamaru is getting hand surgery, and the UFC is looking at potential options for a March date with Leon, because they've already, I'm assuming they already have a venue booked, and they still want to keep Leon Edwards on there. Jorge Moswell is in the conversation. Wonderboy even said, you know, I'm in the conversation. They've, they've, they've reached out to me about that. And uh, and then afterwards, he goes through and he's like, guys, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just saying what I've heard. I don't know for sure if this is a thing. I did not mean to start drama, you know. But India, there's still a very reasonable possibility. I've also heard about the fact that uh, Kamaru may be getting hand surgery. But anyways, what do you think about the uh, what do you think about this news, man? I mean, do you think that UC should wait for Kamaru? Do you think they should just run a Leon versus another big name in March in a stadium show? I mean, I think we need to run a name to make sense. Both, we talked, like I said, once again, we talked a little bit on the Grammar Room about it. And I, I'm i not a big fan. Like, yeah, the Mosquito one would have been fun at one point. But in my opinion, I share no interest in it. But that's just me personally. But, hey, I'd watch it, right? If they made it, I'd watch it. It'd be a great build-up. It'd be fun. Wonder Boy, I guess it'd be fun for Wonder Boy. Obviously, I think this literally would be his last chance at a potato if they did give it to him. I'm just saying, man, this is literally the perfect time to throw in Chimaev, you know? If they want to do it, do it like this. Kobe doesn't want to fight? Fuck it. Let's do it here. You know? Yeah. I mean, look, dude, I think that at this point in time, I mean, if Kamara's having another hand surgery, I think we should probably question the long-term viability for him in this sport because he is 36, I believe. I mean, it's, he doesn't have a lot of time left in his sport anyway, no. Josh. Let's, let's just be honest. And with how he talks about... What is it? His knees, right? Yeah, his knees are fucked. Yeah, his knees are fucked. Another hand surgery. And obviously, none of this is like a hundred percent confirmed yet either, right, Josh? No, 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 it's not. And that's what Wonderboy said afterwards on Twitter. He clarified, he's like, "Hey, this is just what I've heard." But yeah. I've also heard rumblings that Kamaru may have to get surgery, and that he may not. You know, he may not fight Leon next. That's just for my own personal thing that I've heard. Yeah. I'm not fucking Ariel Hawaii, but like, could you imagine if they gave Colby another title shot? I'm not sure which would be worse, whether it be Coley or Masvidal. I'm not sure which would be worse, because Masvidal only got the one gifted title shot. Well, he's coming off a loss. At least Colby's coming off a win. That's true, but you got to remember, if we're talking gifted title shots, Colby got a title shot against, um, let me think. Let me think back. He got the Kamaru title shot after beating Tyron, and then he got another title shot against uh, Kamaru whenever he had set out for years after beating RDA. So you can argue if either one of those are deserved. I'd say the, the second one definitely wasn't. Um, whenever he the for the rematch against Kamara, let me clarify. Um, Masvidal, he got. I don't even know if you can argue he got a gifted title shot because he got the title shot against Kamara where he took the fight on like five days' notice, and then they yeah. repaid him a title shot yeah. like with a full camp. So regardless, I'm not sure which would be worse, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, look, if I'm USC, if you already have the venue booked, you roll with Leon against whoever would sell the most tickets. Honestly. And I think that, like, if it's short notice and they're still trying to figure this thing out, you can reasonably put in whoever you want. So, 
But I, I can tell you who I can tell you this much. Josh, Josh is like, yep, I, I fucking knew it. I Bilal knew Muhammad called for the title shot. That shit ain't happening. If you're trying to sell yeah. out, a, there's no offense to Bill Muhammad. I like him a lot, actually. But if you're trying to yeah. sell out a stadium in Cardiff, you're not doing Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad, too. I feel like your options are Jorge Chimaev, right? Like, there's no other options if you want to actually sell tickets. Yeah. Of course. Okay. But I, hey, Colby. Col- Col- I'll say Colby, too, for promo, but I don't think they're going to do Colby. No, and the thing about Colby is, is people really overvalue Colby's uh, star power in the MMA bubble. Like, if you try and talk to Colby Covington about it's somebody who's not an MMA fan, they don't know who the fuck the guy is. Like, and if you look at his numbers, like, draw-wise, like, I still think he has the lowest ESPN event ever when he fought Lawler. So he's, and he's, he's not... He's not really a draw. I don't know why people keep on saying that. But regardless, I mean, it would could he attract enough fans for a Leon fight? I could see that happening, yeah. Because he does have the pull within the MMA crowd, but it's with it with the outside people that he does not have. You know what I mean? So a little bit weird. But anyways, man, I mean, last bit of news for the day. It's kind of a weird one. Not really weird because I think most of us saw it coming from a mile away. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, who uh, retired last year. After a uh, loss to Jordanus Ugas, he then ran for the presidency. From what I've heard, lost a shit ton of money, which is what happens when you run for the presidency. Uh, he he has a shit ton of money. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, but he did return to action this weekend on Triller Fight Club Haverhill. He fought martial artist DKU, who apparently, from my understanding, is a McDojo guy, and he beat the shit out of him. But it was an exhibition um, in South Korea. But now, before the fight, he actually said, like, hey, I'm still here. You know, I'm down to fight either Errol Spence or Terrence Crawford. I don't know why they're not fighting, but I'm still here. I'm in shape. I'm good to go. So essentially coming out of retirement, but not coming out of retirement, saying like kind of kind of a weird thing, but hey, you know, if you're saying you're willing to fight those guys in profile, you might as well be out of retirement. But anyways, man, what do you think about right. that reaction? And do you want to see either one of those fights? Fucking why not? I mean, if he wants them, why not? And at the end of the day, man, look, he did get beat by Ugas, but he still had some good performances at that advanced age, man. I mean, we're talking goats of boxing. He's definitely up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean he has an impressive resume and multiple weight classes, multiple great fights. I mean, he is a guy who will be unforgettable. And, I mean, he's one of the most well-known boxers. I mean, you probably – I mean, I'm sure if you get some people – if you go and quiz a bunch of people and you ask them to name a boxer and you and they can't name, like, Ali or Tyson, uh, you know, and it's someone who's been during this generation and – I mean, there's a likelihood they mentioned Manny Pacquiao in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Manny is one of the goats. I mean, he, I'm, I don't, I don't like talking about like goat stuff in boxing because, like, for me, it it's way harder to talk about when it comes to boxing than it is for MMA. Well, there's so many fucking weight classes, dude, and like so many different, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then you have to argue guys like is Manny. I think Manny's ahead of Floyd. Because of uh, even though he lost head to head, because Manny had so much more success across weight class, and I think he has a better resume. But at the same time, you want to argue against that? That's fine because there's so much shit that happens in boxing. There's so many weight classes, there's so many names. Um, but regardless, yeah, I mean, he is one of the goats, and I think that um, if Manny wants to come back and fight, sure, you know, sure, why not? You know, and if it's one of those two guys, if they can't make the fight against each other, I still think Manny's a top five guy welterweight. I mean, if you look, you look at Especially since Sean Ford's retired, who else would you consider? I think Ugas the top guy. You know, it's like we saw that in the win over Manny, and also you know he had a close fight with Porter, close fight with Spence. So I mean, who else? I mean, Manny's top five still. I think at welterweight, but um, yeah, I mean that's just my thoughts on it. 
I mean, I'd be down for even one of the fights, but uh, yeah. Any other closing thoughts on this, or any any other topic in general before we close out? No, nothing specific, man. I mean, we're coming to the end of the year. Obviously, Sound Off Awards are just around the corner. Let's go, baby! Yeah. But MMA is not going to stop, you know. So the Sound Off Awards are actually going to be next week, ladies and gentlemen. So let's go ahead and uh... shit. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm asking. Well, I mean, actually, I, just, I didn't even realize it right now until so I looked at the calendar and I saw that, like, okay, so we have. Nothing next week. Nothing at all. And then we have Bellator X Ryzen, but I'm pretty sure that even if you count like, the time difference, those fights will be going on in the U.S. anyway. It'd be going on like <laughs> January 1st, technically, in the U.S., so we might as well just do the award show next week. But um, No, no, you know. yeah. But what is it called? Uh, I mean, as far as us, I mean, we're really not going to be taking a break. I mean, we're going to... No, no, no. Fuck no. We're Hey, of course, that's on a podcast all day, every day, you know? Right. Um, but from the from the looks of it, we probably won't be taking a break. I mean, we'll be continuously talking. And plus, I would have to recap this week's of correct UFC fight card. Which fuck, man, there's a uh, there's some potential here. Yeah, there is a lot of potential for a great card. And uh, so yeah, guys, sound off awards. Schedule it in your calendar. I mean, I don't know how you guys like the episodes because like you guys can leave us feedback. Um, I, I don't I don't know, but like probably like, one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite episodes every year, straight up. So. Message me, you fucks. Yeah, you fucks. But anyways, hope you guys enjoyed <laughs> the show. Uh, sponsors, once again, uh, Rogue Energy and Elixir.com. Code sound up for both. If you either want to go ahead and get high or get energized. Um, and then also for us directly on at Josh Seven off on Twitter. He's at AndrewTickums401. At Courtside Sound for all things related to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click. <laughs> <laughs>